0: Welcome in on a Friday edition of the show. It's a preview edition as you look ahead to number 15 BYU taking on UT San Antonio at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Can the Cougars cover a nearly five touchdown spread? We'll examine that as well as let you know what you need to look for from the Roadrunners in this game tomorrow afternoon. We'll also look at some BYU basketball notes. The WCC schedule is out. What it looks like for BYU and when we might see the non-conference portion of the schedule revealed. So a lot to get to on a friday edition of the show it's brought to you today by our good friends over at built go love this new product from our good friends at built bar we'll tell you a little bit about it later on in today's podcast all right with that rundown out of the way let's get to it here this is the locked on cougars podcast for october 9th 2020 What's up, guys? I'm Jay Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A lot to get to on today's show, but a reminder real quick, if you're new to the podcast, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of the show as we talk BYU sports each and every day. And an apology for the lateness of this podcast getting out. Had a snafu with my normal recording schedule due to some what we'll call fatherly duties that precluded me from getting it to you a little bit earlier than I anticipated. So, you know what? We're here now getting ready for UTSA tomorrow afternoon. Nonetheless, hopefully you guys are all doing well. First things first, I think this is going to be an interesting game for BYU. Speaking of the game against UT San Antonio tomorrow afternoon, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff is what is scheduled on ESPN2. No fans in the stands for the third straight game for the Cougars, which is disappointing. But nonetheless, BYU moves forward here. I think, honestly, this should be a game that BYU gets a little more of a test. And I know I've said that for games like Louisiana Tech and Troy, but I really look at the schedule and what uh, UT San Antonio has on their roster. And I think, you know what? This is a team that's won at a fairly good clip so far this year at 3-1 on the season. They come, on, come into the game against BYU on the heels of their first loss on the season and I still think this is a an opponent that BYU should handle, but I think it might be a little more of a test than the previous three so far for the Cougars. And what I mean by that is UT San Antonio, this is a team based in Texas, folks. And Texas-based teams, even if they're not the caliber of, a let's say, a Texas A&M or the University of Texas, the Longhorns, They still get talent from the state of Texas. BYU has mined that state for great talent over the years. Currently, guys like Jake Oldroyd are on the roster from BYU out of the great state of Texas. And there's a lot of talent there. So a team like UT San Antonio is going to pick up on some kids in that state. that are going to benefit them. And you see that on their roster. The majority of them are from either Texas or the neighboring state of Louisiana. And I really think that this is a team that's got a lot of talent to it and there's a lot of grit uh, i think is the easiest way to say it this is a different type of opponent as well for byu going into this game this is a team under new head coach jeff trailer that they like to run the football uh, sincere McCormick we'll start off with the offense here sincere McCormick is their leading rusher he actually leads all of the football bull subdivision in rushing yards with 527 on the season he's averaging a healthy 5.9 yards per carry average and also has four touchdowns on the season his long on the year is a 58 yard scamper so this is a player that BYU going to need to be ready for. I think that the lines for both, for both Texas State on the offensive and defensive lines, they got some good size, and they are committed, especially on offense, to opening holes and allowing McCormick to really handle his business running the football. So BYU, this defense, as I said earlier this week, I expect a majority of this game to see the Cougars in a four-man front. They've been playing primarily a three-man front uh, with eight other defenders behind them against the likes of Navy as well as uh, Troy and Louisiana Tech. But I think that the way that Texas San Antonio, or UTSA as we'll call them, uh, likes to line up BYU is going to try and counter that with a four-man front. Whether that looks like a 4-2-5, a 4-3, a dime formation for BYU on defense, that I don't know. But I do think you'll see two traditional defensive tackles, Kyrus Tonga and Lorenzo Fawatea, probably chief among them. Caden Haas, probably also in the mix there on the interior. And then on the defensive end side of things, I think you'll see guys like Zach Daw, Brackenell Elbakry, Tyler Batty, they'll all be rotating there. There should be a good rotation of guys from BYU to keep guys fresh because like I said Texas San Antonio is going to come in here and look to shorten this game by running the ball a big question mark for UTSA's offense is who's going to start at quarterback Frank Harris has been their starter when he's been healthy this year he has 508 passing yards on the season a 66.3 percent completion percentage uh, three touchdowns versus one interception on the year but like I said this Team likes to run the ball, if at all possible. More importantly, Harris is the second-leading rusher for this Roadrunners team, 162 yards rushing and five touchdowns on the season. He is a dual-threat quarterback. He can improvise. Think of him as UTSA's version of Zach Wilson. His ability to scramble and throw the football is the best on the team. Uh, obviously, he's a game-time decision, according to Coach Trailer this week, and we'll see. I would expect that he tries to go. Tries to go, excuse me. He made a comment earlier in the week that I'm going to prove I'm able to go. And Coach Trailer essentially had said if he's not limping, we'll consider him to start. If they don't start a Frank Harris in this game, expect them to turn to Jordan Weeks. Their backup, who they had entering the season, Josh Adkins, a transfer from New Mexico State, came into the game last week for UTSA and then promptly broke his collarbone on the first series of the game. Actually, I've been the first play of the game, if I recall correctly. So uh, Jordan Weeks would be your backup in this game. He has got a 36.8 completion percentage was just 57 yards on the season and one interception. So interesting, interesting alignments for BYU to match up against UT San Antonio. But I do think BYU's defense is up to the challenge of this because i think byu right now what we do know about them is they can shut down the run they also can shut down the pass they're the number one defense in total defense in the ncaa right now speaking of the cougars and they have dominated everybody they've gone up against But I do wonder, can some of the talent, some of the homegrown Texas talent that UTSA has on the roster, can it benefit the Roadrunners coming in here and maybe give BYU more of a test? I think it can, but it's just a big question mark until we see a team actually challenge BYU. I think next week's game against Houston, much more of a challenge for the Cougars uh, than this week will be personally, but you never know. A couple other guys to keep an eye on from UTSA's uh, offense, including include zakari franklin he is their ex-receiver one of the better receivers on the roster a sophomore and also brennan dingle uh umass transfer who came in he plays kind of the slot position but keep an eye on those two in terms of the passing game for utsa so like i said I think there's talent here. I think guy like sincere McCormick. If you can bottle him up and make Texas San Antonio throw the football, it's going to work better for BYU's chances in this game. And, and I don't know saying chances makes it theme, seem like I think this game might be in doubt for the Cougars. The Las Vegas odds makers or bookmakers all over the world have BYU as a massive, massive favorite. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to make of this exactly, but I do think there's talent for the roadrunners. Can they take advantage of a sloppy day for BYU? Who knows? But I think BYU got a little bit of a wake-up call early on in that game against Louisiana Tech last week, and they should be better prepared to absorb any of the punches thrown by UTSA early in this game. And if they withstand that, especially on defense, I think they should be just fine in this contest. We'll take a look at what UTSA, their defense will pose, the kind of challenges for BYU's offense here in just a moment. Very interesting to see what happens with that, but we'll examine that here in a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Go, guys. I've talked to you guys about this company earlier this week, but I have to tell you what, I've really enjoyed this product. The biggest thing about Built Go, folks, is many of us have different hurdles or walls we have to break through. If you're a guy like me who has to wake up at what I like to call the butt crack-o-dawn, I'm up at 3.30 a.m., which is actually not dawn, it's well before dawn, but I mid-afternoons, early afternoons, I'm dragging. There's a wall there for me. I absolutely am dragging. I've got a wife and kids. I'm trying to handle work responsibilities, all the different things that go into everybody's daily life. I'll tell you what, Built Go has been a big part of helping me bust through that wall in the afternoon. So I want to encourage you guys, break through your wall by using Built Go. Built Go is a cool new product from our good friends. We also talk about Built Bar all the time has a low amount of caffeine, but plenty of B vitamins to power you through whatever might be holding you back, guys. Built Go is fantastic, three awesome flavors. I've actually become a big fan of the chocolate mint. It doesn't sound like an appetizing flavor, I I will admit, but I'll tell you what, it's absolutely delicious, guys. I would encourage you to take an opportunity to try Built Go and see if it can help you bust through your own personal walls. Go to BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, you'll get 30% off your order order guys it's a fantastic way to save some significant money on a fantastic new product from our friends at built go like i said bust through the walls that may be holding you up whether it's mental or physical you can do it with built go you go to builtgo.com use that promo code locked and save yourself 30 percent All right, let's flip the script here and talk some BYU offense against the UT San Antonio defense. This is a defense, speaking of the Roadrunners, that comes in actually leading the country in tackles for loss. What does that mean? I don't know because, let's be honest, UTSA has not played the most stellar schedule themselves uh, when coming into this game against BYU. They have beaten the likes, and they've actually been pretty tight games for the most part. Texas State, if many of you watched that in the season opener, 51-48 to double overtime thriller. They held on to beat Stephen F. Austin 24-10 to the week after that. Uh, Middle Tennessee 37-35 to uh, in week three, and then the loss last week to UAB 21-13. to So this is a team that is no stranger to playing tight contests. How will they handle a game where maybe they're outgunned by BYU? That's a big question mark, but I do think their defense has some guys you want to keep an eye on. One big uh, absence, at least in the first half of this game for UT San Antonio, is Rashad Wisdom. He is the leading tackler for the Roadrunners on the season. 33 total tackles, two interceptions, has a pick six for a touchdown He returned 81 yards earlier on this year. He was ejected for targeting in that game against Middle Tennessee last week. And as such, he'll miss the first half of this week's game as he was ejected in the second half of that contest that is a big time loss uh, for UTSA he's really been I think the force for them in the back end of their defense I like this defensive line for UTSA and I know some other people talking about this most notably Hans Olsen said that the strength of this team appears to be their defensive line. We heard that from Coach Trailer on yesterday's podcast as well. And there's a lot of talent up there in the defensive line, but it's relative is what I'm trying to say. Guys like uh, Jalen ha- Haynes, Lorenzo Dantzler, they're good talents in their own right, but are they on the same level of a power five defensive line that really would challenge, I think, what is an elite BYU offensive line. I don't know that for a fact, but the fact that they are leading the country in tackles for loss currently this season makes you think, you know what? This is a team who's got some talent. They have 11 sacks on the year, so they're able to get after the quarterback. Jamal Ligon is their leading sack artist with two and a half on the season. Uh, Tariq Woolen, funny enough, a cornerback has one and a half sacks on the season. And we'll talk about Woolen in a second. He's an interesting player to keep an eye on as well. But, I think BYU's offense, the game plan, should be to come in here and really go after this secondary. If your offensive line can hold up and keep Zach Wilson upright, which they have done all year long to this point, BYU should have success. Obviously, Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roddick's uh, Aaron Roderick excuse me their their MO is balance on offense they want to run the ball they want to pass the ball but they want to keep it in equal proportions and I know that equal proportions is relative in a game you'll see games where BYU goes out and passes for 472 yards in a game looking back at you Troy you'll also see games where BYU runs for over 300 yards high Navy but the biggest thing is is BYU has the ability to attack different defenses different ways and that is an absolute boon to their chances in this game. I don't think Texas San Antonio has the horses to hang with BYU defensively for four quarters, especially missing their leader in the secondary with Rashad Wisdom out in that first half. Can BYU build a big lead and then just grind this clock? I think they can. I really do, but... They're going to have to go out there and prove it, obviously, because that's the name of the game anymore. You have to go out there, game in and game out, and prove it. Uh, Brian Kills, speaking with DJ and PK in the morning earlier today, actually had a very interesting thought. And obviously, BYU's off to a 3-0 start. They're ranked number 15 in the country. And I think it was DJ who asked the question to Brian, who's a former BYU linebacker, what would your mentality be going into some of these games that – Based on what the odds makers are saying, it's a cakewalk for you. And Brian Keel said, you know what? You have to savor every opportunity you have to play these games. You have to go out there, respect the opponent, obviously. You can't just walk out there and say, well, we're going to win because we showed up. You just can't do that. But you go out there, you respect the opponent, you play the game, and understand, this is paraphrasing what Brian said, but he said that you go out there and understand that once football is done, regardless of whatever level you play at, it's done, folks. It's not a sport that you can go out and play for the rest of your life. You can't go play tackle football anytime, anywhere, because you have to have people. You have to have equipment. You have to have just the framework for the sport to work. It's a very interesting thought. And he said, you know what? It's just so finite, the time these guys have to play football. They just need to take advantage of it. And I think that BYU, the coaching staff in particular, has been preaching that to their team. This is a schedule we didn't anticipate having. It's easier than we anticipated, no doubt. But guess what, folks? You're getting the national attention from the national media. Zach Wilson being compared to a jump as compared to Joe Burrow by our good friend, uh, good friend Cam Miller, as well as Anise Shroff from ESPN yesterday. There's a ton of hype rolling in for this BYU team, especially on offense. Don't drink the poison. Don't, Take the poison. Go out there, handle your business, and roll on. A couple other guys to keep an eye on in terms of UTSA on defense that I'm intrigued by is the fact that they have a six foot five cornerback. At least he's listed at six foot five. Tariq Woolen. He's a former wide receiver, based on what I was reading. At six foot five, that might be the tallest cornerback that I have ever heard of. Can he hold up? Can he play well against BYU's uh, wide receivers? At least on paper, he has the size to hang with guys like Gunnar Romney, as well as Dax Mill, Neil Pau, etc. But I think BYU's wide receiving core has proven they're extremely polished so far this season. And we'll see if they're able to be slowed down at all. I don't think they can be. I honestly think BYU's biggest strength is that balance that's been preached so often by Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes. They believe that their ability to attack defenses in different ways will give them an opportunity to win games in different ways. No matter what this defense, speaking of the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners, comes in with whatever the game plan is, we're going to shut down the run. We're going to try and limit the passing game. No matter what it is. Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick, they have moves and counter moves that should free up this offense, and I'm really excited for this contest. Now the moment you guys have probably all been wondering about is what is my prediction for this game? It's a 34.5-point spread at time of recording of this podcast. That number may move, but it's not going to move much. It opened up at 32. A lot of people believe BYU is going to go absolutely wild in this game and blow the doors off Texas San Antonio, allegedly. I don't think BYU covers a five touchdown spread, honestly, and that's not for a lack of trying. They could go out there, I think, if BYU wanted to and put up 60 points and maybe Texas San Antonio is 14 and you cover the spread that way. I think that could happen, but I'm expecting more of what we saw from Louisiana Tech where BYU gets up big. They call off the dogs in the fourth quarter, put their backups in the game, and maybe Texas San Antonio adds a score or two in that final frame to bring it closer than it actually is. I think this is more of a 28-point spread in my mind, four touchdowns or so. So here's my prediction. I you guys have all been waiting for, anticipating it. I'm taking BYU 45 Texas San Antonio 17. Let me know what you guys think at Locked On Cougars on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can weigh in with your thoughts there. You also can tweet at me at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter as well or email the show. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to weigh in that way. All right, we'll switch gears, talk some BYU hoops here in just a second. Then the conference schedule, I almost said the non conference schedule. then conference schedule is out before the non conference schedule. How often does that? Happen well, really only in 2020, but we'll break that down a little bit of what we noticed from that yesterday in that release here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, real quick if you guys are interested in advertising with us here on Locked On Cougars, we'd love to have you guys on board. The biggest thing about this is we have a unique listening audience that is both local and nationwide, and even international in some cases. If you have a company, a brand, a product you'd like to advertise with us, we'd love to help you guys out, especially having success in the digital sphere. Podcast advertising is going wild right now, and if you are interested in working with us and getting in front of thousands of BYU fans every day, please email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. love to get you guys in touch with our sales team and get you on the route to having advertising success on podcasts in the digital sphere. Once again, email us locked at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. As we round out a Friday edition of the show, let's talk some BYU hoops for a minute here. Of course, the West Coast Conference getting ready for the upcoming season. BYU working very diligently, reportedly on their non-conference schedule. Uh, Jeff Cole had a very cool article in the Deseret News. He spoke with Nick Robinson, who handles mainly the scheduling on the BYU coaching staff. And it sounds like they're trying to completely revamp everything with their non-conference game. It sounds like seven of their 15 original non-conference games were canceled or for whatever reason knocked out due to COVID-19. So BYU is essentially working from scratch a little bit and according to Mark Pope, who we talked with a few weeks back, BYU wants to play the best non-conference schedule they possibly can. Uh, Coach Robinson also telling Jeff Call that BYU has talked to up to 10 different uh, tournaments, what they call multi-team event tournaments, which should happen early on in the season as potentially entering those contests. We talked about earlier this Week, BYU potentially playing at the Mohegan Sun out there in Connecticut as part of one of those tournament events. We'll see what it shakes out in terms of the non-conference slate for BYU, and hopefully they get some high-level opponents on there, including Utah. I'd like to see that rivalry game take place, and additionally, them being a Pac-12 team helps you out. But BYU now knows what their conference slate is going to consist of. The Cougars will open West Coast Conference play on Thursday, December 31st at Pepperdine. They will be in Malibu taking on the Waves on New Year's Eve. It's a Thursday opener for the Cougars, they stay on the road that weekend at San Diego, and the interesting point out of this so far that we've seen from BYU's non—the I keep saying non-conference schedule. Their conference schedule, excuse me, is that four of their first six games are going to be on the road. Uh, they're going to be at Pepperdine, at San Diego. Their lone home game in the stretch is January 7th against Pacific, and then they face off against one of their arch nemesis's nemesis, nemesis. Uh, my grammar is off on that one. Apologies, but St. Mary's January 14th, that's going to be a barn burner folks. I'm interested to see how the Cougars do out there. At McKeon pavilion. It's been a house of horrors for BYU since they joined the West coast conference. And, Hopefully, they can go get a win out there against Randy Bennett's team. And then they're also at San Francisco that same weekend. Then after that, BYU comes home for three straight home games. Their first date, obviously, with Gonzaga will be February 6th up there in Spokane. And then BYU will close out a West Coast Conference play February 27th in the regular season finale against Gonzaga. Can they channel the same magic they had in late February this past year and shock the world and shock Gonzaga once again? Well, that's why you roll the balls out there and see what happens. I think this is a big opportunity for the BYU basketball program to show, you know what? Year one was not a fluke under Mark Pope. We can play with the best. We can be an elite program. We can be a national power. I think that's what Mark Pope's endeavoring to do. Will it take some more time before BYU is considered among the nation's elite? Absolutely, They still need to upgrade their recruiting, obviously. But I think that the staff working in Provo right now understands what they're up against, but they're also embracing the challenge. I wondered, honestly, how they would do in recruiting to BYU, speaking of guys like Nick Robinson, Chris Burgess, and Mark Pope in particular, all three of them guys who are members of the LDS faith, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but none of the three played at BYU as a college athlete. How would they go about recruiting to a school that they had turned down previously? Well, so far, so good. Obviously, Mark Pope is one of the most effervescent uh, personalities you'll ever meet. Chris Burgess is relentless. Nick Robinson's relentless in his own right. I think Cody Fuger, even to his credit, uh, he gets things done as well. I think this is a staff that's hungry. They understand that success at BYU could lead to bigger opportunities. And I know that BYU fans worry that Mark Pope is not long for Provo. But I think they like where they're at in Provo. I think they understand the challenges of the job. They also understand that there are advantages to this job as well. And I think they're going to go out and put a pretty good basketball program on the court this fall and I'm excited to see it finally all come together. Guys like Richard Harward and Wyatt Lowell now come off of hitting out due to transfer rules. You also have guys coming in as graduate transfers. Brandon Averett among them as well as uh, uh, Matt Harms from Purdue. This is a team that at least on paper I see all the parts you can look at. it. You look at the rosters. A lot of big guys. The size is very much in the front court with a pretty diminutive backcourt. But I think there's pieces there. The BYU can be very effective once again this year. I think it might be a different looking type of team, speaking of BYU offensively. Maybe not as many uh, three-point shots. Maybe working inside out more often than they did a year ago when it seemed like they played outside in with the three-point shot being a heavy part of the rotation. I'm not saying that BYU is going to dump the three-point shot anytime soon. So let's get that clear. Let's make it abundantly clear that I don't think BYU is going to stop hoisting up threes. But maybe they're not hoisting them up at such an astronomical rate as they have done in the past you have big time talent on the interior we're looking at guys like matt harms who can stretch it out to the perimeter and shoot from three but when you have a guy like that who's seven foot three and you can put a layup in the bucket you can dunk it on some fool's head why not do that take the easy two the three is much harder to i think get than the easy two I don't know what the philosophy is going to be. I'm just talking about what I see based on what I'm seeing from this roster for BYU. I think the con- construct of what BYU does offensively may alter a little bit as compared to what it was a year ago. But nonetheless, I think it should be an exciting year ahead for BYU basketball and excited to see what Mark Pope and his staff have in order for BYU in year two of their tenure. All right, That's going to do it, guys. Wayne, in with your thoughts on what you think is going to happen tomorrow night against UT San Antonio. What you think is going on with you basketball. Do you like the conference slate? Do you not like it? Do you think the Cougars got screwed? let us know. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at LockedOnCougars my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch and also you can email the show anytime. Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the address to do just that. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the game against UT San Antonio. We will do a post game edition and obviously be back on Monday with full editions of the podcast looking ahead to a pretty high profile matchup of what I think against Houston next Friday night. Have a great rest of your Day. this has been the locked on cougars podcast for october 9th 2020 and we will talk to you guys soon